Welcome back to Making Sense of Retirement. I'm John Jagay, joined again by Vince Oldray from CFG Retirement Group. Vince, always good to be with you. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Jag. So we're talking about a really important and ever-changing topic today, and that is these potential new tax regulations that could be in effect. They're talking about them in Congress right now. We're recording this on Friday, November 5th. So by the time this comes out on Tuesday, who knows? It could change. But we're talking about this as of right now, and there's a lot to get to here today. Yeah, it seems like they can't figure out what they want to do or they can't quite make up their mind. And, you know, quite honestly, this might not impact a ton of people, um, but there are some things where it will make a big impact. And we've seen a lot of these uh, things come out of the legislation, go back into the legislation, go back and forth. There's three that we're going to hit on today. That's retirement accounts, state and local taxes or SALT, and estate taxes. And the first being these tax regulations. The new RMD rules, at least as of this past Wednesday that went in, Everybody's heard of RMDs, you required minimum distributions, you have to take a certain amount of money out when you hit a certain age. But RMDs could also now be a factor of how much is in your retirement account if this goes through. Exactly. Now, again, this might not be one of the things that impacts a lot of people. If you have over $10 million in your retirement accounts, you have to take out 50%, which is significant. <laughs> you have to draw 50% over $10 million, I should say. And if it's over $20 million, you have to take out anything that's over $20 million and pay taxes on it. So to break it back down here, Vince, anything over $10 million, you have to take out half of that amount. Anything over $20 million, you got to take out all of it and get back down to $20 million, if I understand that correctly. Correct. And I know not many people are going to be there, especially this is just retirement accounts, so like IRAs, 401ks, Roth IRAs, but it's in total. So it's in total amount of retirement accounts that you have. If it's an after-tax account, like a brokerage account, that's different. Whereas if it's a retirement account, 401k, IRA, all that stuff counts when it comes to this. And they're actually trying to like throw the Roth IRA into this too, based on if you have too much money. And we talked about this the other day in a previous episode about Peter Thiel, the founder of PayPal, who has $5 billion in a Roth IRA. And so that kind of made some people upset by that. And so <laughs> they feel like some taxes are owed on that, but he doesn't have to pay taxes on it because it's in a Roth IRA. And quick background is he put $2,500 into a Roth IRA in PayPal stock. So he kind of put his own money in, into his own company. And obviously it you know, multiplied uh, a lot. <laughs> yes, many times over. And uh, doesn't have to pay any taxes on that. So they don't feel like that's fair. So that's part of the reason why they're thinking about throwing RMDs on Roth IRAs, again, over that $10 million mark. So they're saying any retirement account that accumulates over, if you add them all together and it's over $10 million, then anything over that 50% of that will have to be taken out. Can I ask you a follow-up question here, Vince? Yeah. I want to ask you about this. So they're making people, even in these Roth accounts that are worth approximately $1 bajillion, they're making you withdraw down to a certain amount. But if the taxes are already paid on that, what is the government's incentive for getting you to draw down to that amount? So the incentive is moving you into a taxable account. Okay. So like if you have money in a checking account, money in a brokerage account, you have capital gains tax, you have 1099 tax on your interest. So yeah, you're in an after-tax account. You already have paid the taxes on the principal amount but you'll still have to pay taxes on your gains going forward or the interest going forward. Whereas in a Roth IRA, there are no taxes on the interest or the gains. So they're trying to get you out of it. So the idea is even though you've paid the money on the Roth accounts already, 
there's a limit to what you can put in that account. So you've got to move that money, either take it out or move that money elsewhere into a taxable account. So Uncle Sam still gets a cut. Do I have that right? Exactly. So that way your gains are going to be taxed at some point too. So again, not going to apply for you know everybody or a lot of people technically. Uh, but what's really interesting though is it's it applies for incomes over four hundred thousand dollars or four hundred fifty thousand joint. And so I've worked with a lot of clients that that make a decent amount of money. Normally they're not going to have ten million dollars in their IRAs or four hundred one k's anyway if they're making that much money because you can only contribute so much. Right. Unless you do something like Peter Thiel did, and and that's very unlikely. So why is this really a rule? I think it's really just to make sure that something like Peter Thiel doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's kind of a weird rule just to put in there. So it's really not going to make a big dent in the paying taxes or making sure these rich people pay taxes all the time, in in my opinion. The second part of these retirement accounts, Vince, may apply to more of our listeners, and that is the changes to Roths and Roth conversions, right? Exactly. So no after-tax conversions after 12-31-2021. So what's really happening here is they're trying to remove the backdoor Roth IRA. And as a quick refresher, Vince, for our audience, what is the backdoor Roth? So backdoor Roth IRA, because there are income limits for Roth IRAs, you can contribute to a IRA and then you convert that money to a Roth IRA. Since there is no income limits to convert money, you can just convert that money to a Roth IRA. So that's why it's called a backdoor Roth. And you pay the taxes at the time of the conversion. Exactly. And then also, there's no before tax conversions over if you make over $425,000 if you're single or $450,000 if you're married. And there's no adding to Roth accounts at all if you have over $10 million, (laughs) again, in retirement accounts total. So it doesn't matter if it's a combination, it's total, right, of those accounts. They're trying to limit us as far as how much we can kind of protect tax-wise. Right. So for our listeners, this is, again, it could change. It seems to like it's changing by the week if you're following what's going on in Congress. But it's a possibility that the backdoor Roth could be eliminated December 31st of this year. I'm not saying it will or it won't, but it's a possibility. So is that something our listeners should think about doing if it's on their radar before the end of the year? Yeah, potentially. And that's where, obviously, you want to meet with your financial advisor or your tax advisor, see if it does make sense for you or, or not. But I think what's really kind of segueing into something that we're going to talk about now is the SALT, where this is going to impact more people, right? So I want to make sure we do spend time in talking about what's going to impact most of the, the listeners here. So SALT, state and local taxes. Exactly. So that's the acronym, SALT, state and local taxes. They're going to increase the amount you can deduct from $10,000 to $72,500 through 2031. That's significant. Yeah. Because that was the biggest complaint. That was the biggest complaint when we changed the tax code back in 2017. Right, the Trump Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So this is important because some states, I know we have listeners all over the country, some states have significantly higher local and state taxes. I'm thinking of California and New York, for example, maybe not as much for us here as Minnesota and Michigan, respectively. But you could end up paying a ton of money and then you know, especially if you're middle class in those types of states, New York, New Jersey, California, states like that with high taxes, that can really squeeze you if you're getting whacked on the local and taxes, but you can't deduct it from the federal. Exactly. And believe it or not, I mean, if you think about like a young couple, if they make $80,000 each, you know, that's $160,000 total. And you start adding in the, the state taxes there, you're looking at over ten grand. 
that's gone to the state taxes, or at least you know for Minnesota, that's probably what we're looking at. And and so that's a significant deduction. And if you're making more than 160, right? Because before it was only ten thousand dollars. Now, if you're if you're a household that your husband and wife and you both make hundred thousand dollars, well, yeah, you're going to benefit from that now. Absolutely. You know, when I was reading about this, we were talking offline before we recorded this um, on from CNBC. There's a study that said that eighty percent of those who would benefit from this increase are those who make over two hundred thousand dollars. But in a place where cost of living is sky high, two hundred thousand dollar annual income isn't as high as it might sound. Exactly. And that's where people from New York, San Francisco, for example, you look at Seattle, you know, where they're working for Amazon or, or whatnot. I mean, it's really expensive to live in those areas and they're not able to deduct those taxes. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. So it, everything's got to be put in perspective here. You know, $200,000 maybe in rural Minnesota, is, it can go a long ways and you're probably <laughs> the richest person in, in the rural Minnesota. But if you're thinking about, you know, $200,000 in even downtown Minneapolis, I mean, or, or Detroit, Michigan, you know, there's expensive areas to live, especially around here that, you know, $200,000 doesn't go like a, a long way all the time. You know, I live in Eden, Eden Prairie, you know, there's city taxes too, you know, there's yep. property taxes. I mean, a lot of that stuff gets eaten away and uh, that's just stuff that we need to consider when we're creating a budget making sure when we're retiring in certain locations like Minnesota, it's a little bit more expensive here as far as taxes go compared to when we work with some of the clients that live in Florida, for example, where there's no state income tax. Right. There can be some significant differences, um, but I think when we have more of the state and local tax deduction, that kind of helps try to level the playing field. And I think that's kind of where some of these states are concerned. They're losing some people to these low state income tax states. Right. Because before, you know, if you lived in Florida, you didn't have any state income taxes or state and local taxes to really write off that much, right? Yep. Didn't really matter. <laughs> for Minnesota, though, it did. Or for Detroit, Michigan, it did make a big difference when we subtracted that down to only a $10,000 limit. So it's nice that we have some good news potentially in the legislation as of this recording right now. But the final area we want to cover in today's episode, Vince, is the changes to estate taxes and what that could mean for folks who are maybe looking at an inheritance. This is a big one and probably it hits home a little bit for me uh, just to a degree because I lost my dad in January. I'm oh, sorry to hear. And I you know, understand estate taxes and understand just how probate and stuff like that works as being a certified financial planner. But, you know, as far as the estate tax threshold, I mean, yeah, five and a half million dollars is what it used to be, you know, before they changed the tax code. And that number is the value of the estate that you're inheriting, right? Correct. So it was five and a half million as far as what was excluded from estate taxes. And then technically, if it was a joint, then it was 11 million. But then the Tax Cuts and Job Act in 2017 brought it up to $12 million for a single person and roughly $23 million joint. So now only 0.2% of estates pay it, according to this CNBC article. That's not, that's not very many. So you're talking about, what, uh, two out of every thousand estates that are inherited are going to pay estate taxes on it because that threshold for what it was worth uh, before its tax jumped so high. But 
that could change coming up, right? I mean, they're looking to revert it back, you know, to the lower amount. Now, why this might be a big deal for you? Yeah, you might only have a couple million dollars, but maybe less than that, and maybe it's not a big deal for you. But the reason why this can be a big deal is when you start adding up your assets, yeah, your cars, your homes, your, and then the cash that you have. Pretty soon, you might realize you have a little bit more than what you thought you had. Yeah, yeah. If you're just looking at your bank account, that's one thing. But the way that they calculate your estate taxes is based on everything you have. You know, art, even a TV, a little, you know, jewelry, gold coins. All that stuff gets included. And sometimes, for some people, they can quickly jump up without even realizing it. Um, they probably have more than they think they have. You know, we have people in Minnesota that have two homes. They have a home down in the cities and then a cabin. And sure. you add those two things up, typically it's a lot of times over a million dollars at this point. Mm-hmm. Especially the way real estate's been lately. And then you start adding the, ret- the retirement accounts. So again, not a lot of people are going to fall above the five and a half million or the $12 million, but it's still something to think about. And if this is one direction that they're going by reducing it, who knows where they're going to keep going, right? And in Minnesota, the estate tax is actually pretty low, uh, or the number is lower than the federal estate tax number. Mm -hmm. So it's roughly $3 million for Minnesota estate taxes. You can avoid some of that by doing proper estate planning, um, setting up different trusts and wills. And if you need some connections there, we work with some local attorneys as well as attorneys nationwide. So if if you do need some help or you're not quite sure if you're going to fall in that category, or you're trying to make sure that you can take advantage of the state and local taxes, or you're trying to protect yourself from the backdoor Roth, or maybe you should do some Roth conversions now, here's what I suggest. Give us a call. We'll spend 15 minutes together, and we will look at your particular situation and then determine what the next step might be. Does that mean you need to talk to an attorney? Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Maybe you need to talk to your CPA. Maybe you need to talk to your tax advisor. But we're here to help. If you want to take us up on that, give me an email or give me a call. My email is vince at cfgretirement.com or call me at 952-657-7470. Again, 952-657-7470. When you multiply the variables in an individual's uh, financial world with the variables of some of these changing legislations as the negotiations continue here in D.C., You really do need the help of a professional. That is where someone like Vince and the team at CFG Retirement come in. Thanks for explaining a lot of this complicated stuff today, Vince. We'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks, Jack. And it'll be interesting to see where it all lands. Investment advisory services offered through Assured Retirement Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor in the state of Minnesota. Insurance products and services are offered through CFG Retirement Group, Inc., 